0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: lo tumori eni da ile aye ati orun pelu gbogbo tinbere ninu won iba gbogbo orisha o iba lodu lotu awase ba keje ki ba awase ase aro gbogbo eni ti ba nbo awon oduwon yi lati mu won ti oto ati lono ti ki asimase se da ise yi ni ona yo yewu to si ilana ti a fi gbe kale fun ilo siwaju esin wa ni o ase ni bayi aw ki ese pa bi meji meji ni oju odu merin dilogun bere lati ori eji Iba, olodu mori, eni to da ilé aye ati anon, belu, bubun, timbe, nenu an. Iba agobo orisha iba lodu lodu, awase ba, lo keje kiba awase, ase. Aro, gbogbo eni ti awon, odu anwoji, lati mou an lo, ti ótọ ati lò nò Asimashishi e daishe yi ni onan yo ya yato si ilanan ti afi be kalè Fun lò si wajju ashe Nibayi aw ki e bi meji meji ni oju odu meni de bere la teyori e ji
2: two things that happen. We know that this man was sent back. You, there's three different ways that you can receive your destiny. And one of them is that you are anointed and appointed by Orumila and sent back to earth to fulfill something. He has built a city. He didn't just
1: talk, Master. Yeah. Life and work all by F the I, includes so many contributions to what has come to be called the African Cultural Restoration Movement, that he is considered to be the father of that movement.
2: two things that happen. We know that this man was sent back. There's three different ways that you can receive your destiny. And one of them is that you are anointed and appointed by Orumila and sent back to earth to two things that happen. We know that this man was sent back. There's three different ways that you can receive your destiny. And one of them is that you are anointed and appointed by Orumila and sent back to earth to fulfill something.
1: Atifu I includes so many contributions to what has come to be called the African Cultural Restoration Movement that he is considered to be the father of that movement. Uh, We owe everything
2: to him.
3: Any idea of an African-American religion, whether it is uh, African wearing African clothes or having African names, is going directly to him. He did
2: it all. Nobody who accepted or even knew anything about African anything. The community has its own militia and a school for the children, where the students are taught to honor their king and vow to protect and respect their culture.
0: How you
1: found this, how you walked into this. They used to speak on the streets on Twenty Fifth Street. Twenty-fifth Street and Seventh Avenue.
2: The change that he created
4: in America, in those 38 years. Yeah, and good evening to our audience on Queen Mother for Real Blog Talk Radio. This is Sangoma, and you are listening to the next edition of Sister Queen's Rise and Shine. And this evening we are sitting up in the cool, cool, cool as compared to just a few days ago when we were in major heat in you know, the Utengi African Village for the Egungo uh, Festival this past Memorial Day weekend. We hope everyone certainly enjoyed their Memorial Day. But, yes, we are up in the coolness of the North Carolina mountains with um, our, our Deep Conrad here, our, our, our uh, partner in crime, our web tech person. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, you have such a beautiful website. And so I happen to be sitting this evening with the young lady who has those gifts. We all have our gifts. And as I said to her, hers are amazing. She, she is quite the graphic designer, has had years and years and years of giving her energy and her time uh, to nonprofits. And uh, we've developed uh, quite a friendship over the years. And when she really stepped back in to in closeness because she was out there in the middle of the country for a little while and we really couldn't couldn't connect like we wanted to, but uh, the gods and the ancestors are great because here we are at this point and just in the nick of time with a festival coming up. Uh, Later in the year So for those who may not be uh, aware Tracy Renee is her name Or lovingly called Earth Mama And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, The gathering that we had here Brought up a lot of issues When you bring elders together And as we were coming toward the show tonight I said to Tracy I said wow You know this is not something really That people think about you know, let me create a sanctuary and a space around my home where elders can come as they are traveling on the road, teaching from place to place. They should have a place where they could just rest and people will cook and feed for them. And I can't even tell you, we're still nibbling off of the amazing barbecue and feast that she did prepare for the elders that showed up yesterday. So, Trace, how did it go for you? I know this was once uh, postponed. And we picked it up again, and, and did it in June. And while we got a little antsy, I think along the way, because we maybe thought six or eight or twelve elders should have showed up. We had a small group, but
3: well, there's nothing wrong with a small group, you know. The you know those who are called to show up will show up. Um, I was not disappointed by any means. Um, you know, the the theme of the energy for the month of June is adaptability. So. Um, you know, thankfully I'm a water sign and can go with the flow of things. Um, it was a bit of a flurry and whatnot. I have an amazing man who, you know, really hooked us up where, you know, cooking, you know, the big parts for the feast and everything were concerned. And I'm really grateful for him in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, which, you know, he opened that opportunity for me to be able to sit with all of you elders more than I thought I would be able to. And, again, I am grateful without a doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah we did we did cover a lot of things that um are very prominent in in society on on a very grand scale and it's it's surfacing in on so many different levels it's surfacing in the political arena mm-hmm. um especially mm-hmm. you know um it's uh, surfacing in our homes and communities you know and that sort of thing and you know the the um trying to brainstorm how can uh, help heal those things and rectify some of these issues and whatnot um, pose challenging. But I, I think, you know, the bottom line that I got out of um, all of the conversations that went on was that need to find that common ground. You know, um, you know. Sure, there's um, whole groups of people, you know, the the Native Americans and the blacks that you know carry a lot of that pain body because of you know what they were subjected to and whatnot. That um, there's people that have been subjected to stuff on the individual mm-hmm. level. Um, truth be told, I don't think there's any hardly anyone left yep. out there <laughs> nowadays that hasn't exactly. been a victim, mm-hmm. and and I. I believe that's our common ground. We all have mm-hmm. been a victim on one level or another, and we all really need to find a way to transcend victimhood instead of a uh, becoming bitter mm-hmm. and and turning ourselves, you know, sour to the world, or b turning into the victimizer mm-hmm. and becoming what our oppressors are. Yeah.
4: You know, that the big, that was the big, big juicy point that, as we said this morning when we arose and were having coffee with um, with the elder uh, uh, Uncle Charlie. And uh, and that was it exactly. And, you know, as you were just talking then, I'm thinking about this splinter. It was probably here since the last time that I was here at Johnson, another splinter I had somewhere. And, and that that was what we were talking about is that this wounded place, because you mentioned the African-American and the Native Americans the Jews, the now Mexicans, the uh, Orientals that, that, that come here, there, there is no one that is here in this situation um, that doesn't have a place of hurt or pain or, or ill memory. Our, our world history is just that okay, where where we get to um, hand each other our wound card or the race card or whatever it is today and when the real work is going to be like digging the splinter out. You're going to have to go in and get it and it might hurt. And it's not been safe up until this point, I think, um, for the races, particularly you look at that race, racial conflicts that we're having um, and or class and money. I mean, it's not just about skin color. That, that involves a lot of things, but it's not been safe, and it's still not safe at this point. I mean, look at the the, the issues that are erupting at the Trump rallies and these different things down on the Mexican border and stuff like that, where people can say, I can have that conversation with you and not feel like I'm being attacked or that I have to attack you, which was, for me, the beauty of having a room. I think we said we had a room of every representation except for the Asian tribes uh, yesterday. So it really was an opportunity for us, and so much love in the room, just so much, that's what happens when you just have so much love and respect for one another. I think for me, that's what creates the safety in having and going forward in those conversations and knowing, yeah, no matter how bad it's been, I'm not holding you accountable for what your ancestors did. You're not holding me accountable. We're trying to like Mend those those fences Because our children and our grandchildren Rely on us to mend the fences Now and not stay um, Divided and and not only Divided because I I don't actually think The segregation or the separate uh, uh, Villages if you will Were such a bad thing as long as we have Equal respect and we visit and trade With one another nothing wrong with it But this thing of the outright hate Now that we're seeing the violence uh, We were talking about we we really Covered a gambit of a heroin addictions? Why are people wanting to escape? Why are they not willing to face the pain or to go through it? And so I, I was excited about it. I think we asked each other all of the um, hard questions, and, and we gave each other passes because we really didn't expect anyone in the room to have the answer. But I think just to be comfortable with asking the question was huge.
3: Um, You know, another thing that, you know, we had addressed where, you know, they, they – using the addiction affliction as, as an example, not wanting to face the pain or whatever. It, it, it was, it's, it's a deep splinter for them. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's going to require being dug out. And, and the only way that you're going to get over, you're going to heal from something like that is to go through that um, either digging out Process or lancing of the infection that let it has it created and let it drain. Yes. And, um, but that requires facing your inner self. And not a lot of folks out there are ready to do that. And the only way we're going to really and truly be able to come to that faith where we can start moving forward with healing is through authenticity Mm -hmm. and vulnerability Mm -hmm. and you know it starts with being in the company of those that you do trust Mm -hmm. but eventually like you know my own particular uh, path I guess you could say I've brought myself to a space where I'm just wide open authentic and vulnerable around everybody and, and don't really care what they, you know, their judgment of it or, you know, or anything of the sort, they can see that I'm real. Mm -hmm. And I've got nothing to hide. I have no agenda. Right. Exactly. And so that allows, it's actually been quite beautiful. It's allowed me to create these relationships that I have with all these amazing elders. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of pretty incredible other people Mm -hmm. as well. And You know, when Earth Mama steps up into the room, everybody knows, ah, she's good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we we don't have to, you know, watch our back with her around because I just don't do like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's do unto others as you'd have them do unto you,
4: you know. Yes, that is the way forward, you know, and that's what I was thinking also in, in the way you brought the conversation back from yesterday, how, um interesting it must be for you at your particular age group like just ahead or or behind I guess uh, those a little bit older than you you know because in your spot years ago with my elders, I think the conversations, which weren't as loud and uh, as they are now, it was just about a generation gap. Where were we going with the miniskirts and the, and the boots? And where were we going to lose our dignity or shame the family name? You know, there was a whole different concern on the part of the elders and the behavior of the youngers. But, um, it doesn't seem that simple. I I I was asking what was your view in your particular age. You're still raising a young man uh, in the school age, whereas of course most of us sitting here in the room yesterday are, are grandparents and grandparents now, and so the world looks a little different. But I'm sure. In particular, those places where you've noticed, even with your own, of course, that one of the big missing pieces we were talking about is the lack of manners, the lack of respect, the lack of discipline, things that our generation we just had set in place. There wasn't even no light switch on that. Just You don't do it. And so our young people now, I think that came up as Baba Yona came in and shared, you know, a little bit of, hesitation as to what he actually saw in a a festival here this weekend that for our age would be shocking, you see, but so not, obviously, for the age group that it was. It was just certainly the way who they were and their openness and, oh, man, you like me. And I forgot what he
3: said when the guy came right up to him and was asking himself. Do you remember? Oh, he was, He said something about um the guy was really excited to see him. Right, cause he was it, because he was you an was Indian. Because he was an Indian. Yeah. Exactly. They called him a skin. Where are the rest, rest of the, the skins? skins. Right, and you
4: imagine, and he
3: handled it his response. he did so with such yeah. grace, you know, and yeah. and i was i I took something from that, you know for myself, you know what I'm saying. Oh, I really would never do anything or say anything <laughs> like that by any means, you
2: know? you know,
3: but it is definitely something um to be aware of when, in the presence of those younger ones, they do have to understand that um respect. in in the presence of elders, is paramount. They've been through it all. They've seen it all. And, you know, no, they don't necessarily know it all. But if you slow yourself down and you pay attention, you you can learn something without a doubt. There's no mic. You can learn. Sometimes it's learn how to be or how to do Mm. whatever. Other times it's how not to be, and how not to do, because, you know, we do have some of those elders in the outer extremities of our circle that, you know, yeah, still working on stuff, right, right, and I was just going to say
4: that, interestingly enough, because without having met the youngin but just to, to have that story told, I thought of, I think it was maybe a year or two ago, we were at Piedmont Earth Skills, and Snow Bear called a gathering of the elders, to the ancestor fire, and at least five gentlemen that I can see, I'm not going to call any names, that came in, as the circle went around, they immediately denied any position of being an elder. That was like the first thing out of the mind. Well, I'm not sitting here because I'm an elder. I'm older, but I'm not an elder. I don't think I can live up to it. And it, was, and it seemed to me that when you come up to an era where the reason that they did not feel qualified to be the elder was because they didn't know those certain protocols. They had not had to practice them for those older than them. And now that they were them, they didn't have a way to ask it or expect it of people younger than them. There were no
3: rites of passage. No rites of passage,
4: yep no rites of passage, no acknowledgment of the community of your worth and your value to the village. And in, in a certain way, it wasn't all about Four Tribes for Peace, but we've been working so hard in it. This is something, again, as I said to you today, that when when do you find, I mean, retirement parties, I'm really going to try and think of them, retirement parties, people concern themselves about honoring older people. Um maybe um, 70th, 80th birthdays, or 50th wedding uh, anniversaries between elders. And, again, you're going to find that in a family rather than a person like yourself that just says, I love older or elder people, whoever they are, however they are my friends, online or whether I know them in certain festivals, it's not where you're coming from with this gathering, and I'm sure you'll have more, is um, to offer this or or give us something other than the old folks' home or the nursing home model in our communities, in our villages, as something that is not only necessary but should be a, a part of the family life. And I know that they, that you really have that here in your house, not just when it's five or six elders like it was yesterday, but just me. You know what I mean? If the children come in from school, say hello to grandmother, you know, saying go this is the way it is, and I know that you don't do that to, you know, stroke any ego or mind. The point of it is is that young people have to kind of be given these switches. So that, because they will arrive
3: to be the age of
4: grandmothers that
3: yes, they will, if they're lucky.
4: Yes, they will. Here's
3: what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. They're, they're When I reach that age, you know, because, you know, I'm not far away from being a grandmother myself, mm-hmm. but when I reach that age, I want these kids are picking where I'm going to be when I'm old. Right, you know, right say it. that is correct. And I, I don't want to be put in a home or, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I just, it, it so it, there's a slight bit of selfishness mm-hmm. in it. But at the same time, you know, I'm not raising uh, children to be burdens on society. I am raising children to make a difference mm-hmm. in this world, mm-hmm. you know. um To to be a, a better person than they were the day before and to be an inspiration, you know, to others, you know, whether it be in their schools, in their communities, whatever the case may be, and to teach those kids their age, the things they are learning here that I know those kids aren't getting in their own homes or immediate neighborhood communities and whatnot. Exactly.
4: Yes, you are soon to be a grandmother in this very year as we speak, and um, is very crucial. You know, uh, I know that um, my mother said it uh, a lot of years before she could see it, that it was very much a wish, and her mother's wish before. Her, none of the women that I've come from I have I ever seen once. That uh, and we weren't close enough to her to keep her from that nursing home. But other than that, none in a nursing home. And yet, you don't know. You don't know who your your children will be as adults, and whether or not they actually build a little mother or mother in law room in the house, she would always tease my husband about it, but she didn't really know, you know. And yet and still I knew, I was adamant that. <laughs> it was the first ending of my mother not being safe by herself in her own property, but, yes, she will come to my house, that's a fact, <laughs> you know, because I could wouldn't be able to sleep at night. What if she fall? What if this? What if that? And so we think that way, but we find out when things happen, like happened to Baba Yoni yesterday, whether or not that's really even going to be on the mind of young people when they, as we get older and they say, well, what wonder how so-and-so is doing. I hadn't seen them in a while. Well, you wouldn't know, you know, and the youngers that that, that have come up when we pose these conversations around the Ancestor Fire in the Woods and from just the sincerity of their hearts. They say, well, We could send a birthday card or remember their birthday, but they really don't even know how to address being in relationship with an older. Not their grandmother, not someone blood-related to them. They're going to deal on whatever level they can with that. I've learned that. But like uh, in certain cultures, and again, you mentioned rites of passage, and, and I've been caught a number of times where, where gentlemen that I was, because I may refer to their mother as mother like that, was say, you kind of familiar, aren't you? I said, no, no, it doesn't matter. She could be a lady, you know, older in Kroger, okay? I would still go up to her and say, mother, let me help you with the bag. You know, anyone older than us is, is a manure, but so it's just, Second nature to do that, or ma'am, or you know. And again, I don't call people older than me by their first name. And I, I live on the road with youngins. Dad will call you dad in a minute, just like they call their friends at school, like they grew up with you. And so, I'm with the question to get back to it that we were posing that was whipping around here is how do we as elders and elders approach these conversations without making the young people defensive or putting them on the offense? Um, but not turning our heads. I think that was the big challenge that went by in the room. We all admitted we wouldn't be comfortable with just looking the other way and yet we did not want to put them in a position that was belittling or or
3: I I think it you know, it working with them, you know, calling together and on and teaching them on a group level
0: mm-hmm.
3: and, you know, being observant, watching And then addressing those issues without pointing fingers or naming names, but they'll know that, you know, you're maybe not necessarily referring to them, but you've seen something that's not acceptable that they themselves, you know, have partaken in. I think that's probably about the closest way to go about doing it without them, you know, jumping on the defensive, like you say. And, you know, and as they progress and overcome these disrespectful behaviors and whatnot, they are rewarded with those rites of passage because they have shown and proven themselves to mature to a certain level that deserves ceremony. Absolutely. Or at least it
4: deserves recognition and acknowledgement deserves an older person to say, I appreciate that you remembered so-and-so or that, you know, that you saw to a certain need. I was thinking about, yeah, that's the ideal. I can think about a number of situations I've been in the last year with younger people where, gosh, I just had to jump right in there, you know what I mean? And, and when you have to jump right in there, be, because it was that fork in the road where I'm either going to say something, I'll put some honey on my tongue, I've got a really cool way to say it, or... I'm going to hit myself because I walked away and didn't say it. You know what I mean? And I, I don't do that very well, even though I am a Pisces, a woman in, in two directions. And this was a a, a, a case of um, a, a young couple uh, of the same sex that uh, in a, in a, in a race in a meadow, who knows the length of a football field easily. The only spot they could get was right like next to my tent. And then furthermore, no regard for their sexual activity or what they were doing, coming and going all through the night. My channel is, like, right here. Like, we talking right here over the phone. And they didn't know me. They didn't know me. They didn't know me until they had never met me. And so I lived with it through the festival I did, you know. And I tried to see who their group was, you know, so if I could go to another elder who knew them a little bit better, who could kind of put that under their, of course, you're not mad at them because you know they don't know what it is. That, that's what becomes immediately obvious to you is that they don't know any better. Someone has not told them. And so, you know, by the end of it, we did have a little education for them of, of that and the nature of pagan festivals and trysting areas. And this, this is what you do, but you don't do this. <laughs> you don't do that. And they were they were pretty good about it. I think they were shocked, you know what I'm saying? But of course there is no comeback to that. I mean, there really isn't. You, you so no, there really isn't. It's not like, oh, we didn't see your tent No, there is no comeback. So there wasn't much that they were gonna say, but um, I guess the proof will be in the pudding the next time we meet at the next festival, how they were able to do just exactly what you said. Get a piece of wisdom. And see can you roll that into some maturity for yourself? <laughs> yeah, where it looks where it looks that way. Um, I don't know where we're going with it, beloved, but I'm glad you had it. I want to say that outright. Glad when you first mentioned it as an idea to to put out a call for elders to pass through and spend some time. And it was that kind of day, too, wasn't it? It wasn't like a, a workshop or symposium. I think we were all surprised about that, that we could just be eating and chilling and literally yeah. in a relaxed There wasn't, again, as you said, a particular agenda. Um, I'm sure that each of us, though, that seemed to go around. uh, I know I did. I appreciated the culture of two Cherokee elders that were here with us, and Uncle Charlie's Republican views and and Crystal Wizard views and healing views. He had so many good views that he brought as the medicine man that he is. And then, of course, Stone, and, and it's not that we've reached any plateau of perfection. We're all still you know, hustling to get our thing right as well. So it, it just felt very open and relaxed, and I appreciated it. So I guess I'm asking you, what, what next? What do you look forward to in terms of building upon what happened this weekend? At well,
3: I've, I've spoke with each one individually. Um, you know, I, I aside from, you know, Liana, there's a new relationship there. I mm-hmm. haven't really developed anything real strong with her yet like I have with you mm-hmm. or with Stone or Charlie um, and Bobby Yona, that was my first time meeting him after a decade of hearing about the right, man, right. you know. Um, I would like to develop more relationships, you mm-hmm. know, uh, deeper relationships with them. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, had the conversations with them individually that, you know, if they wanted to come here just to, you know, to get a full belly and relax they are welcome to (laughs) if they want to come you know like grandmother joanne she knows that if she wants to schedule a workshop or something because she lives in florida Mm -hmm. she knows she can book it and set it up here Mm -hmm. you know and take care of and do what she's gotta Mm -hmm. and you know no problem this is Being built as a form of of safe and sacred Mm -hmm. space um, is a really awesome thing about we just recently found out is uh, we've been doing some manipulation of the land a little bit Mm -hmm. and creating gardens and that sort of thing. We found out that the ground is very, very heavily laden with um, cork. Felt bar and rose quartz. Wow. So yeah, that yeah. was quite exciting it for is exciting. me. Exciting, <laughs> so, you know, all that love in the room. That's
4: what I'm saying. Even when the hard subjects came up, it was just such a pleasure because you felt love in the room, and that's what we're sitting on. Literally, rose that is quartz. the
3: space I'm trying to <clears throat> establish here for folks on an individual level, on a group level. You know, to be able to facilitate that. Um, you know, to, for folks to step out of the headset mm-hmm. and into the heart set mm-hmm. and facilitate that true, authentic, mm-hmm. and vulnerable communication mm-hmm. that is needed in order to allow for healing, establish uh, the building of bridges and common ground, and the building of you know a, a united people.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly what we're working for with them. Um, Four Tribes for Peace, it's, um, you know, I was also thinking how strong the elders in the room were. The, the next question that was in my head was like, wow, I wonder what you would say to people who kind of have that same passion. I know them. Some of them are in churches as um, what you call those mission in action and and, and little helpers. They go to visit the sick and the nurse homes. home. So they see that but they see it in a different way where, you know, an older is really, I've done my time in nursing homes and Salvation Army and many of those same services, and it's heartbreaking. I mean, just flat out heartbreaking. So
3: many people just toss their elders away
4: and like they're, they're just out. They're just sitting there staring out with no one to talk heart. to. And I'm like, well, what do we say to people who don't want that to be a reality for any of their relatives, but already faced with that, and I've, I've also dealt with the relatives of people with Alzheimer's and and people who 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 have people with serious critical concerns in their aging, and and yet uh, they can't take it on. They can't take on. I think the space that you have to say, well, in order to get here, we could we went and got Baba Yoni. If you don't have a ride, we can come pick you up. But if you are not physically able and mentally or emotionally able or a strong leader or someone that people look up to you as an elder or a mentor. If you were just an older person in the community and like Stone and you would say, well, he's going through this and this, and we want to make sure he eats. Nowhere is the same way about Red Turtle up there. People forget, well, he's on dialysis. You got to go by and see him. How's he doing? Has he got enough drinking water? These are the types of things that, I don't know, we're kind of thinking that maybe this next generation is a little busy and, 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 and maybe that might not occur to them. I mean, I have to raise my hand in the air having attended all these funerals in the last month or so and say that that is like here today. You don't know about tomorrow. And so whatever you put it off waiting if that's your cue. Oh, grandmama fell down, or somebody got sick before you could do move into a place like you moved into to say, no, I want to make sure not only that the young people have the ability to access the elders, but more important, I want to make sure that the elders um, stay strong. How about that? How about yeah, they are strong, but can they stay strong? Because sometimes between busy schedules or many things that we get called into, we do, we get to take care of ourselves or eat or do the proper thing. And so give thanks for, for, for little angels like you, Trace. Um, for sure, I say it all the time, that take care of us. And we see we're moving about 45 minutes into the show. So we want to say to anyone that may have um, called in that you are listening to uh, Sister Sister Queens, Rise and Shine, and uh, my name is Sangoma, and uh, we've been doing this show since uh, the beginning of this year, 2016, And, and ideally, we thought that uh, we could see the energy of an awakening happening in our planet. And I think now everybody is fully in that awareness, um, whether you're waking up for the good or the bad. Everyone is waking up. And we thought, well, this rise and shine thing, what does that look like? And our women in particular, the mothers of children and and the movers and the shakers in many realms now, and that's what they they say in all the worlds. And the Christian world, say, well, the women are going to usher in the second coming of Christ. You know, in most modalities, they say, well, the patriarch got it out of balance. Now we have to move a little bit back to the matriarchal balance of this. You see Hillary running for president. So we see that there's a real struggle here between the masculine and the feminine down to the gender conversations. And what bathroom will we all use? And so um, we are hoping that um, the continuation of this show between here and September as we move toward Four Tribes for Peace will begin, You know, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to kind of switch gears a little bit because we're going to get into some of the really good work that uh, Tracy and I have been doing. And over and above putting on an event, I think um, Tracy and I have really got our teeth down in here just chewing real good on the fact that there's a good message about peacemaking that we know that people are ready to embrace and ready to apply to what is going on in this craziness around us. And we want to get more people involved in that. So you're going to be um, – I'm not going to spoil it. I guess we got some – we can't do any too many spoilers on uh, on the PR launch that – that we've been working on but I'm going to give you a hint and we said well you know how 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 can we work it so that they really go back well one of the ways is that we don't just share any songs from YouTube that we don't give you the lyrics to or we at least try we say you might, might like the beat or you might not like the beat because you know four tribes for pieces is about diversity so if you don't happen to be a rock listener or a heavy metal listener or a hip-hop listener you you know you might be immediately put up you know i don't want to listen to that and you miss the whole message because of the amazing lyrics with that's what we did we really looked at the words and the messages of songs that we liked and we said that's saying the message that we want to bring people's attention to for um for tribes for peace so yeah on the Um, Four Tribes for Peace Facebook community page on the Kindred of Sangoma website, KindredofSangoma.org, Kindred of Sangoma Facebook, you're going to begin to see some promotional videos, promotional messages, um, and it would behoove you, almost like listening to the radio and being the third caller to call in or something, I think, this hot summer here. It's got a few free also access passes to this event for those that really pay attention to what goes by. And so as we move into this week, um, one will be coming out that we call to your attention before we try to talk to anyone about early bird registration here in June for a September event about the Tribal Alliance. And I, I'm loving having a conversation about this because really before right this moment, I don't think you and I have gotten to talk out loud about why is there a need for a tribal alliance? Why, why when we look at um, asking people to be benefactors or donators or create a scholarship for a young person or a mother with children that normally wouldn't have a way to attend something like this, um, you know, you could knock on doors, you could have a phone call campaign, you could do it a lot of ways. And the way that we came up with, which deliberately skirted that VIP thing because, again, we're really trying to come to the social justice of equality where everyone's a very important person. Why would we give certain people because they gave so many dollars that title and say you're a lesser important person because you only gave these dollars. So we came up with the Four Tribes Feathers. And you want to tell us a little bit about how people can get involved in the alliance?
3: Well, as we you know as you have stated, called it the tribal alliance, and we have four different stages of uh feather sponsorship okay. and uh, we have to start with the uh white feather sponsorship uh which is a hundred dollars, which is only ten dollars more than the current ninety dollar early bird registration and um that gets uh, a con- the sponsor, a uh, patron business listing of their name and their website in our um, commemorative booklet. Okay. It gets them, a c- of course, a copy of that commemorative booklet, one full event access pass, and one seat at the ancestral feast. Now, the next level up from that is the Yellow Feather sponsor of $250. That gets an eight page business, black and white ad in the booklet, a commemorative booklet, three media mentions through our um, social network as uh, well as this radio radio show, (laughs) (laughs) Um, one full event access pass and one seat at the Ancestral Feast. Uh, The next level would be the Blackfeather sponsor of $500, which gets an individual or a business, a quarter-page business color ad in the booklet, one commemorative booklet, six media mentions in the event promotion, one full event access pass, one seat at the ancestral feast, and an event T-shirt. And then we have the red feather sponsor of $750 or more, uh, which gets them a full-page business color ad in the booklet, Two commemorative booklets, media mentions in all event promotions, featured spot on the Kindred Alliance page and/or a guest appearance on the on this radio show. Yep. Um, two full event access passes, two seats at the ancestral feast, and two event T-shirts. Now, something I'd like to put out there for anybody that might be interested in this sponsorship. Um, even if you don't have a business that you wanna promote, but you have a message that is you know, resonates with what four tribes for peace mm-hmm. is trying to do and put out there and you just want that little message well, put out. We can do that too. Yep. And that
4: is a really good thing. I mean, it happens all the time. I know you tend to, when we do festivals is that um, if, if an egg bay, a society or the cult that's doing the festival puts out a booklet, Many of the other egg bays would just say congratulations, egg bay Shango. They'll buy the quarter page ad just because they want to the support, and they know, of course, that whatever that society or egg bait is working on repairs to the temple, or it needs this, or be able to take youth or pro, youth to various field trips and things like that. They say, well, of course, I'll get the ad, even though I'm not going to come, and even though I don't have a business, but I can just support it this way. So, Another
3: idea. Mm-hmm. If they'd want to an, uh, honor an ancestor,
4: right? Exactly. Would send us a picture of that ancestor, honor the ancestor, and you know this is a good time. It's a good suggestion because there are a number of the tribes, and I want to talk a little bit about that because we kind of jumped right into this, and I thought, well, I wonder if they'll know what the ancestor feast is about. But uh, many people have asked us, oh, there are there just four tribes? Well, of course not. There are hundreds and thousands, but there are four basic. And uh, many of these tribes, who are these tribes? Well, there are the pagan community, the African community, the Italian community, um, the earth skills community, the outdoor wilderness, uh, nature reconnection community. There are there, We're beginning to cross-pollinate. We're beginning to like the one that Baba Yona went to, the singing uh Applehead singing alive, where these are people who love all the spirit songs that come from each of these gatherings. So they created a gathering just to celebrate those songs, and 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 you know these are um, the things that four tribes for peace. And, you know, I, I feel good talking about it in the radio show, um, partly because it kind of fits into um, a, a, a way, and we'll get to it in a minute, the uh, the Peacemaker story from the Iroquois Confederacy that we put out there already to begin the education of how it works. And I think that's part for me, you know, I'm sure when I get to the festival I'll enjoy it tremendously, but I'm also enjoying this part. I'm also enjoying the part where I hope People hear bits and pieces like what you just went over, or the way in which we are doing exchanges and gift currency, and a lot of parts of a different model than America's capitalism has done, where it, it you know it's either this way you make good or you lose your butt, like the, the festival that that we just heard about, and it shouldn't be like that.
3: I'd like to chime in on that. You know, it, speaking as somebody who used to be a single mom for a very long time, and and, and starved for these types of events, events, these types of, uh, you know, this sense of community and that sort of thing. Um, You know, being a mother of three boys, you know, home always came first, their needs and everything else. And, you know, it's, not, I. A lot of times I had more going out than I had coming in where the finances right. were concerned and I had to turn down a lot of these festivals but there were some mm-hmm. that because I knew who the event organizers were, they were kind enough mm-hmm. to not only understand my position but know that I could bring something else to the table that was just as valuable.
4: Exactly and that is what we want to highlight. That's kind of like what we're celebrating. And I hope we get an opportunity on a few other um, media venues to to put that out there because a lot of times you'll see under our um, promotions and logo uh, unity and diversity, and people kind of just go to the cultural or the racial thing when, in fact, we're also saying that there is unity in the diversity of our pocketbooks, the diversity of our economic status, and/or those of us that are wealthy, those of us that are employed by others or are self-employed. There is a real diversity there. It doesn't say we have to group off and that some people are denied because, you know, it's like uh, Uncle Charlie and I were just talking about, you know, <laughs> the. Uh, and I bet a lot of people think that communism, of course, is the, what do you call it, distribution of the wealth. And I just looked at him like, wow, was that a bad idea? You know what I mean? And if it was, how did the knowing that, you know, we both share that interest or not interest but awareness of, of Christian standards and, and, and a lot of the um, word in the Bible, I said, how does that work? You know what I mean? Because I I thought the big story of feeding the multitudes with the five loaves of bread and fish was about spreading the wealth i could have been confused all these years and so it really brings up our beliefs and then our real beliefs right exactly what you were saying a minute ago the things that we have held up that was the basis or foundation for our beliefs that certainly are breaking down i mean that's basically what we're looking at in our country right now when people ask themselves how can a trump be running for president how is that even possible if, you know.
3: Well, to expand a little further on that, you know, whole single mother plight factor, there's a lot of them out there them out that there. are now currently, like I was, and they are starving for it, and a sponsorship, mm-hmm. you know, could really make a difference not only in that single mom's sanity,
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah,
3: but also in exposing. Her children to things that they may be starving for Absolutely. in knowledge Absolutely. and understanding of the world. Absolutely, you know, to, yeah. to get a mother that that lives in a rough neighborhood to come with her children out of the woods or out of the the rough neighborhood and into the woods right. and let them see something different. Something let, different. Them, let them let show them mm-hmm. that life can be better. Yeah, if you take this direction as opposed to getting yourself involved in gangs and violence and drugs and crime and, you know, all that sort of thing. And,
4: um, you know, at at that moment, as you said, I couldn't help but think about Papa Smokey who does these events um, year-round. He probably does it three weekends out of the month. And think, A, about the great land that it is, that it's 200 acres, that historically were stockades uh, for the Cherokee people when they – when they were on the Trail of Tears, which brings us to the ancestral feast that you mentioned there and that, um, you know, the impetus for this in our mission, in our personal destiny and mission, well, where did this come from, how did it come up, is uh, my father, my birth father, uh, uh, ascended the earth in 1999 on the fall equinox right between the around midnight between the 21st and the 22nd so considering that his grandmother was the pure Cherokee in our family my great grandmother we thought well Absolutely, this makes perfect sense. And for those of you that have yet to go to YouTube and see what a traditional African parade or celebration of one's ancestors looks like, it's included in this package. And so whenever one uh, celebrates or remembers, um, I don't know, I don't know that uh, people who haven't yet been exposed to Oyutunji or that part of the culture could equate it. A family reunion wouldn't cover it. Memorial service kind of wouldn't cover it. I'm really trying to think of one. It's
3: just going to be an
4: education. It really is going to be an education. An
3: education <laughs> on an entirely different
4: culture. Yeah, yeah. And so the feast, uh, you know, uh, many times, you know, whether they jumped the room or now, the weddings and things are looking bad. But this is uh, ancient, ancient custom. When babies are born, there's a feast. When people get married, there's a feast. When someone dies, there's a feast. <laughs> and 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 you know, to this day, you know, every single one of these funerals I've gone to. Well, absolutely, they tell you where you're going back for the food after after the interment. And so, this ancestral feast, we're happy to say, and it really it gives me joy in being able to move toward this festival because it does seem like you know I'm actually on the low just getting to plan a party for my dad you know what I mean really I mean at the basis of it I'm getting to a a plan a big party in the mountains for my dad and um and invite my friends you know and 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 in this case friends he didn't get to meet during his earth like that is like the real part of it you know like yeah, Dad, my life went on after you left. But look at these incredible people that are my friends, and so um, we definitely look forward to it. I see that we're at the top of the hour. Uh, Brother Ken, are you are you here? Do you want to um, to bring us to a close at, at eight o'clock, or how are you feeling, sir? Well, we could bring to a close
1: at eight o'clock. I just want to say about okay. the rights of passage. Okay. Yeah. We need more. Well, we, we need more. Yes, for, yes. Young know, people mm-hmm. for rights and Don't you know that African American culture is the only culture that do not have, like, a ceremony rites of passage? Like, going exactly. from, from your childhood years to your adolescent stage, mm-hmm. or
2: just,
1: or just uh, going from womanhood, going from girl to womanhood,
0: or, or going from right, boy right. to manhood. And, you know, we have have big ones down in the village. You
4: know that, right? We have whole ceremonies that are year long where they start out giving up the ghost of their girlhood or their boyhood. And they have many tests and challenges throughout that year. They have a mentor. They have guides. They have things they have to do. So, actually, you know, us – and then, of course, the Jewish faith, they continue to have bar mitzvahs for their young yeah. people. So there are some cultures that do it, but by and large, you and I know that the jails are filled and that we're at this level of mass incarceration because the rites of passage have been absent from African-Americans for pretty much as long as we've been here.
3: Not just African-Americans. I mean, you know, you, lots of you, look, at, you look at us. White folks here in America. I mean, you know, a lot of us aren't getting anything like that. Right.
4: And it used to be you could say the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts, to a certain extent, by getting the badges. I was one for fourteen years, and so it kind of felt like that. People. Were you a Boy Scout, brother Ken? Yeah, Yeah. and we can't even say that now. Look at the tragedy in the Boy Scouts. You're scared. You don't know about the leaders and what they're gonna do to your children and all like that. Oh my goodness! And it It is about the money. But you know, we had um we had a troop that came to the village once, and he really went all the way around that. He would not allow them to have to have the book or the uniform or the whatever. I forget the number. It's true. Yes, he did. And he and, and so if money was allowed, he said, no, I'm not going to deny any little boy because his parents can't afford for him to be a Boy Scout. And he did the program anyway. And, you know, he said, well, we'll all wear blue T-shirts. He made it easy for them to feel like there was some uniformity or that they had some bonds, but not because you needed $80 to do the whole complete uniform. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So, yes, we uh, do look forward to it as we were coming on on the air earlier uh, Floyd, uh, DJ Waheed from Precise Science, some of those brothers that are in the entertainment for Four Tribes for Peace, they have a books and beats and, and many things that they can tell us about some of the rites of passage programs that the hip-hop community is now putting forth for um, for young brothers and so I'm looking forward to having them on the show as well but we'll cap it off here at 8 o'clock sir, uh,
1: we haven't All had right. any callers
4: to come in. No call. So good to see, to hear from you, Brother Ken, and we look forward to next Sunday. We're I'm going sure
0: to be giving you a call tomorrow.
4: All right, then, and we'll be able to catch okay. up a little more then. All right, peace. Okay. All peace right.
0: Care. Mm-hmm. I'm the Lord and the Lord I'm